0: what's up and welcome back to the dream mason podcast i'm your host alex terranova i'm a dream mason a performance coach i work with strong and successful people to boldly declare what they want get real about what's in the way and create the strategy and the steps for more clarity freedom and success in their life together we get things done faster raise the bar on your goals improve your relationships and get crystal clear on what you really want now if you haven't already Please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube, and please leave a review on iTunes. Follow me, InspirationalAlex, on Instagram, and share this podcast with a friend. Now, a Dream Mason is a person who is brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. Now, I know we all have a Dream Mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason. Because your dreams don't build themselves. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching. I won't let anyone sponsor this show, but I've personally done Accomplishment Coaching, their year-long life leadership training program, and it changed my life completely. Besides giving me a new career, it supported me to improve my relationships with my family, my friends, make the most money I've ever made, find more joy, and overall live a much more powerful life. So if you're interested in coaching, transformational work, or leadership training, accomplishment coaching is definitely the world's finest training program. Let's get into this episode. What's up? And welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. And today I have, well, you guys know if you listen to the podcast, uh, I love having friends that are up to cool things and people that I know personally. And it's even more special when I get to have a family member who is up to cool and fun things and powerful things and things that are having an impact on people in the world. It's an extra special day when I get to do that on the podcast, especially when I get to call that family member a feral woman because I don't know what a feral woman is and I'm going to get to learn. And you probably, if you listen to this podcast, don't know what a feral woman is either. So my guest today is my cousin. My cousin's name is Chelsea Cotton. Chelsea is the regional director of Shakti Rising which is a leadership development program, and Chelsea's going to probably tell us a little bit more about that. She's also the director and um, a feral visionary coach, and I think, Chelsea, you're going to correct me on some of this, but she is the founder also of Casa Luna y Lobos, which is a leadership hub, and... I mean, I feel like you're up to so much more. You're a visionary. You're, uh, you know, I I don't want to call you like a guru, but you're a guide, um, a a shamanic leader. Chelsea, thanks for being my cousin, but thanks for being here on the podcast. How are you? Um,
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Alex. I feel really honored to get to be here with you and have this kind of another part of our connection and get to share more of who I am and um, the work that I'm doing. So thank you for inviting me.
0: Of course. I'm surprised it took this long. We should have had this, you know. But it's sooner than your sister, so you're winning. (laughs) Always. Um, As long
1: as I'm first, right? Right,
0: yeah. So (laughs) this isn't, you know, for for the people listening, like I kind of described what you do, but can you sum up so people really get a sense of like who you are is obviously more than what you do but really get a sense of like what you do and the impact that you're having like on women in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I uh, work for a women's social change organization called Shakti Rising and we've been around for 20 years And um, the organization is a multidimensional, looks at a lot of different holistic trauma-informed ways that we not only can individually transform, but the systems of change that really actually we want to shift. So models of leadership, models of actually how we look at recovery and health, models of governance, um, models of education, and really coming back to the whole person. from our physical, to emotional, to a mental, to our spiritual well-being, And how do we then actually live and be embodied from that place in all the work and any of the work that we do. Um, from that, then, as you said, feral visionary coaching. So I, for me, feral, the wild, and like coming back to our wild inherent nature, both actually in our physical form And inside of our leadership, using intuitive, you know, like intuitive strategy and emergent design and creativity um, coming from that heart full place, as well as literally going back to the wild, like coming back to the land and our natural ways of being and actually tending and being in in direct relationship with Mother
0: Earth. Okay. I kind of, I like, I think I get it. What does it look like? What does it look like to – because – so I have experience with this because I know you, right, and I do some of this work. But I think that a lot of people – its this is like kind of outside of what they normally see in their everyday – so what does it look like, what you're describing in the world that we live in, that someone might be able to like see it? Is there? Are there examples of it? Are there ways of being that someone could see? well, oh, if they became more wild, more – back to, to the planet or back to, I want to say holistic, like what would it show up as?
1: You know, I think it's so many ways and we do see it in so many ways. Um, one way that I think is both simple and complex and people are, are doing this and these are, um, practices. These are ancient practices, I, I want to say. Um, one of them is just actually being in right alignment and living with the seasons so we are consistently we are the seasons are changing both actually inside of mother earth the rhythms and cycles as well as our own bodies and beings and yet we live in a world that is 24 7 365 days a year under fluorescent lighting and how do we think that really actually impacts our health our well-being our relationships our stress levels i mean we're seeing I I believe, pretty high levels of anxiety and stress and inability to communicate. And although it may feel like a far stretch to go, okay, how does living the seasons, Mm -hmm. living in alignment with the seasons, really actually um, change that? When we are in direct relationship with what is already happening in the world, we're, we're in the actual flow of it. We're less in resistance. So when we learn how to let's say have our own winter, slow down, pause, rest, be silent, be in stillness. How does that actually create the incubation, let's say of what's really needed in, you, in your world or in your leadership or in a vision, right? Dream Mason, in the vision, like we need that time actually to really bring vision into form. Yeah. Um, if, we're, if we're on the go all the time, that, that doesn't occur or it can be a little bit harder. So just the simplicity of actually coming back to how do we live inside of the rhythms and cycles of the seasons by how we eat, by how we um, are outside potentially gardening, how we maybe stop working in the winter only, you know, like when it gets dark or at least don't get on our computers, you know, simple practices. And I think that's the piece for me is that, um, Although these changes can feel big in one's life, they, they can also be really simple and they can be implemented into a practical way of being.
0: Yeah. I love how you explained it in a, in, uh, in a very simple way, but I mean, I'm present to it right now. I just got back from a vacation and it's like a vacation should be something that sources me, should be something that makes me feel really good. Like I should be able to walk back into my life, like fully recharged and like empowered and how do most of us come back from vacation? Like, we need another vacation. Totally. And and that doesn't say my vacation was great. It was incredible in, like, every way I wanted it to be. But I walked back into the 24-7 life and got bombarded by the, all the emails and all the things. And I think what I heard you say is, like, that's a simple or a kind of microcosm of what you're describing as a whole. If we're always, you know, 365, four seasons, you're go, 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 go we never have a moment to recharge, to regrow, you know? And I think we all, if, you know, if you live in California, you don't really have the seasons, but I think we do Mm -hmm. all get that, like, Hey, everything doesn't grow all year round. There is times where the, the ground or the crops are, is barren and there's times where it's growing and it's flourishing. And what I hear you saying is as humans, we, we have to do that also to really live a really empowered or thriving life.
1: Yeah, that's at least what I really hold and uh, continue to experience in my own life as I deepen that. Because it's always practice, right? And there's always ways to continue to deepen. And I think it's interesting even the language that we use around vacation, like vacate. Mm -hmm. We have to leave and go outside (laughs) of our life. And what if actually we lived a life that allowed for that in its natural rhythm and cycle? Then we don't need a break from our work or a break from, you know, these pieces, but it's just a part of the
0: whole. Absolutely. Um, You know, so can we talk about how you got here? Because for, you know, knowing you and knowing you your whole life, um, I've kind of gotten to see you, you know, be, I want to say this way, almost always. It wasn't like you, you know, I woke up one day and was like, oh my God, everything's going to be different. You kind of have had been on this journey as far back as I can remember. Um, But definitely since you were like a child or an early teenager, how did you, can you tell us a little about that? But then also tell us about, you know, how you've gotten training and developed into the space you're in now? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I, well, um, I've, one, always believed in magic. And I've also always been deeply connected to the unseen. And by the unseen, I mean um, the, the world that, I mean, I believe that there are multiple worlds that are occurring. And um, I am someone who walks in those multiple worlds. And so a big part of my training has been, one, actually really, uh, claiming the truth of that for myself, not that anyone else has to agree with me, but that is my continue. That's my experience. Um, and to deeply then work with the unseen, I-, I feel like even going back to the seasons, that's a part of the unseen. We can't. We don't always see what's occurring, and yet, and yet it is. Um, so. My fascination, my belief, my desire, my devotion to kind of these other alternative ways of being and seeing has been a driving force for me. Um, and then when I was 13, I was really lucky enough in some ways of we had just moved to Ashland, Oregon, my family and. Um, and i was actually reading in our living room and all of a sudden these two huge dogs came running into our living room their name their names were uh, amigo and spirit and they were the pets of a, a shamanic healer annie fuller who um became i became an apprentice to her from the age of 13 and she really walked me down the path of uh, working in the unseen. And then if you can imagine being 13 years old and talking about the unseen or spirits or let's do shamanic journeying or, you know, all of that kind of stuff, I was pretty outside of the box. Um,
0: yeah. This is like pre Harry Potter. As said.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah the- pre Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was fortunate and privileged enough to still like, I think one thing that I'm so grateful for is that, um, I really followed my soul from a young age, and although I've had incredible failures and mistakes and different traumas in my life i um, I, I, I knew that I, the following of my soul was like imperative to my well-being and um, you know growing up during that time, I was I, I mean part of my story is not wanting to be on this planet, and a part of that was because the unseen world, the spirit world felt way more at home for me. And so being human, being on this planet has been, um, although now I can say a total privilege and it's been my choice, that was not how I always felt. Um, and so it's been a continuous choice to like be here and how to work and hold these worlds. Um, So that's kind of a long story to say I started apprenticing with a shamanic healer at 13, traveled to Peru and Ecuador and Mexico and worked with Peruvian elders with her. Um, I've done service all over the world in India and Tanzania, um, in different parts of Europe. Service has been actually my life saving like that is what actually has been a huge piece of why I feel like I'm on the planet was service gave me um, hope and uh, devotion, Um, and I'm also uh, a women's studies and ethnic studies major from Mills College in Oakland, and then a lot of my training um, has also then come from working inside of Shakti Rising, Um, kind of getting to walk both my own leadership development while being of service and facilitating some of that leadership development.
0: And where do you see, like, what's the big dream or the big vision or the big goal that like brings all of this together?
1: I, well, I really hold and believe that the restoration of the feminine on the planet, uh, is essential to, to us actually as human beings. Um, and that doesn't deny, uh, and this also, when I say that, that has nothing to do with gender, but the restoration of the feminine in terms of really coming from this heart and soul place, coming from our full body nurturance and knowing, holding the holistic perspectives, are an essential part in the unity, actually, between the masculine and the feminine that live inside all of us. Um, so the restoration of the feminine on the planet may not hold like the whole, I mean, to me, that means that whole, I mean, there's a whole paradigm shift that needs to occur in our leadership. And I think we're seeing that on the political stage, um, in a pretty major way. Um, and in actually how we're dealing with climate change and education. And so that our systems really need to shift. Um, and a part of my vision, I guess, for me inside of that is I, well, as part of Casa Luna Iwobos and having a leadership hub, which is a living laboratory for women leaders and all leaders, but mostly women leaders to come and really um, embody these ways of being and leading inside of their own visions. Um, Most of us have have only experienced the patriarchal structures. And so even though when we want to wake up and are waking up, uh, we're all really enculturated. And so it's sometimes hard to see the ways to actually shift that. Um, so my hope, at least with Casaluna, is that that can be a part of the remedy.
0: And what are the you know, the thing that I'm thinking about is like all the obstacles that you face in this journey, right? Like when you brought up politics and education, and you know the systems that are in place, which exist everywhere, from the systems to record something like this. To you know, the highest levels of power in the world, um, and those things are—I mean, I believe they could change in a moment, but they often don't. There often has to be this whole shift and process, and that's kind of like part of the system—is we like make it really difficult to change. Um, <laughs> for you personally, like, what are the what are the things that you get challenged the most by? You know, you mentioned earlier. Like not wanting to be here, um, the, the obstacles, traumas, things you face. Like what are the things – and I don't necessarily mean – you can talk about the past, you can talk about the present. But what are the challenges and obstacles you face and have faced and how have you kind of moved past them and overcome, overcome them? Mm-hmm.
1: You know the challenge, which is interesting that's coming up in this moment is actually around um and I don't know why it's coming up because this isn't what I thought about per se, but is actually around um, claiming of power and also even control. we I think as human beings, especially in a world that is <laughs> I'll say simply dysfunctional um a lot of ways that we cope is via control and that looks different for every one of us. Um, and so some of my big challenges have been around how do I really surrender? How do I trust the process? How do I let go of my own ego? How do I, uh, be in shared leadership? Um, and you know it's an interesting thing to bring up because I, there have been big traumas in my life that I could have that could that I could say have been really difficult um, and they have been and some of my own pieces of darkness is some of the harder parts it's not as much of what has happened to me as a person and as a woman but um, in some ways what I've done to myself and to work through some of those pieces um, my biggest piece right now that I'll share and it seems simple. And actually it's it's a real privilege. Like I was sitting with this this morning that, wow, if this is my, my challenge right now, what a privilege is that, um, I'm a nature person. I am not actually a people person. And yet I'm a community builder who's doing social (laughs) change with women leaders all over the world. (laughs) And yet my part of my soul's calling is that I want a simple life living like on a lake in the cabin in the woods with, my, with, some gar- with a garden and a small community. And uh, to get to hold the tension, again, the privilege of holding the tension between where my soul also calls me to do leaders like social change, while a huge part of me calls to just be on the land and really live a simple life and how do we, how do we learn actually as leaders and as human beings to weave all of the different parts of ourselves together um, and not deny any of those pieces. Again, I feel, I almost feel embarrassed. I want to be like I kind of feel embarrassed by sharing, wow, that's your, that's what you're having a hard time with, you know? (laughs) Um, you know, you? You,
0: you know what though? It's like super, it, it really, I, I mean, I get it because I think people don't know this unless they're really close to me. I'm super grumpy and I'm super angry and negative and bitter. Like that's my default. Like, I don't want to say that's my soul's default state, but that's my like ego is my brain's default state. Like when I wake up, it's like usually the F word. And then like, let's do this thing again. And I have to generate and do, you know, practices and meditation and things to get me to be the person I want to be in the world. And when I hear you talking about, you know, a lot of what you say appeals to me too. Like I, I laughed because it's like, I said, I was just in New York and I said to somebody, it had been like 12 hours of travel and they were like, come meet us at this restaurant. And I was like, no, I don't want to be around any more people. I hate people. And they laughed at me and they said, you're the person I think of that, like, loves people. Like, you are the connector of humans and are always, like, so great around people. And I, so what I g- am getting, it's like, it's this daily struggle, right? We all have something. And there's a part of me that is, like, super committed to helping people grow and expand and live vastly more full lives. And like see that they're not limited by all the nonsense in our head. Because that's my thing, right? I wake up with all the nonsense in my head, which makes me not want to do anything. And at the same time, respecting that, hey, maybe there's a part of me that is like you that wants the small, simple life. It's the part of me that wants to run away all the time. That like wants to just like leave the cities and leave all the work. And I think that there has to be a balance and I'm also thinking, like, you can do the things you do from anywhere, especially in the world we live in. That's the beauty, right? 200 years ago, if you lived on a, in a little cabin on a lake, you couldn't have had an impact in the world. You could have had an impact in that community, but not in the world. And now you could easily live on a lake in a small community and produce books and conference calls and work with people all over the world and still have that thing that you want. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do hear the piece that you have to trust it, though. Right. Like you have to trust that it's all possible and then be able to surrender. And I mean, that's the part I'm I'm super I I would love to hear more from you about surrender because it's when we think of it in our world today, we think of surrender as like giving up. You know, like Mm. giving up, quitting, backing down. And I know that's not what it means. But even though I know that's not what it means, it's so hard to practice it because that's what we've been kind of you know, brainwashed, I think it means. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I hold surrender. I actually, when I think about it, my whole body, and if you want to do this, for those who are listening, like even just closing your eyes and taking some deep breaths and... And with every breath, even just letting go of the tension, letting go of, you know, in your belly and your shoulders, letting the breath actually move through your body. For me, one thing I notice is that even the simple act of breathing and letting the breath move through me, it's like more becomes available I'm not so tight. I'm more available to what else is around me. It's it's simple, but I again, as I said earlier, like coming back to actually simplicity. We live in a world that kind of wants to make everything a little bit harder. And to like wake up and be a conscious person is like this hard thing, you know, and it takes discipline. It takes rigor. It takes even waking up every morning and being like, "Fuck, oh, connect, yeah." Can I <laughs> yeah, say that? you can. No. <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, okay.
0: I, I try to. I try to um, hold myself back when I don't need to say it. But yeah, you're yeah. Totally, totally fine.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, and and uh, getting up and and doing the practices that we know actually serve us. Um, but it doesn't have to be hard it can be a really joyful process that I think that as you even said, I think a lot of fear comes up around surrendering and again, like the giving up of control in some form.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we, we do it, you know, we, we see it every day and like with our health and things like that, right? Like you don't just get to stay healthy. You actually have to do things every day to be healthy and they're not hard it's not actually hard to go work out or go to yoga or go for a walk. Even it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be an iron man and be running marathons. You could just walk every day and you'd be healthier. Most people would be healthier and the food that we eat, right? You could actually focus on what you eat. And sometimes it's so simple. Like I recently have been, I love like almond butter and like a really good, like, you know, jelly and And so one of the things I've been doing, instead of choosing – instead of having a battle, it's like I eat it with like celery and carrots as like a snack. But it's actually something I really enjoy. Would I love to be eating ice cream or pizza as a snack? Absolutely. But that doesn't kind of serve me moving forward. And I could say it's hard. Oh, it's so hard to not eat the things I want. But what I did was I found something else that I really, really enjoy. And so then there's Mm -hmm. no sacrifice. It's actually Mm – it's like a win all around. I get something I really enjoy and I look forward to. And I actually get to feel better. And it's like my feelings and that's actually really cool. I've never really said this. My feelings and my commitments become in alignment. We're often, mm-hmm. I think we live in a world where our feelings and our commitments are in opposition. You know, I feel like eating pizza, uh-huh. but I'm committed to good health and I, and then I have to decide. Or I uh-huh. I don't feel like waking up and going to work out but I'm but I'm actually committed to whatever that workout would give me. Or even in relationships, right? Like I'm committed to love and marriage, but my partner's pissing me off and I want to just storm out and not deal with them. And it's mm-hmm. not very often that we can get our feelings and our commitments like totally in alignment where they support each other.
1: Well, I, yeah, I feel like um, the practice of actually really living our values isn't held very high inside of our mainstream culture. And so even learning what our values are and then what are the practices that support that value, such as let's say a value of healthy living, what does that then really get to look like? I, I wanna push back a little bit interestingly on this sacrifice piece, because I also actually think that we've made having to sacrifice something like not bad, and I actually hold that sometimes sacrificing something is like the biggest gift we can do both for ourselves and, sure. you know, for friends or whatever that gets to look like. And reorienting sacrifice to actually something that is, a, is powerful. Um, how does that then get to change how we show up for those things? So rather than I don't get this, what is it really the truth of what, we, what, you, what you are receiving?
0: Is that a question? Do you want me to? It could could be a
1: rhetorical question.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's true, right? Sometimes I think we don't have the language, right? Or that our language is so indoctrinated into us that it doesn't. Because I agree. There are sacrifices that we make that are like celebrations and things Mm -hmm. that are so... But we don't relate to sacrifice as a positive thing, typically. Um. But yeah, I mean it. It it doesn't have to be negative or quote unquote bad. It can be something that is uplifting and joyful and happy and moves us forward. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else? Like, I think you know, surrender. At least for me. So while I have you, I like want to take advantage of it. And um, surrender is is like there's a there's a flow of life that's happening, right? Like life is happening regardless of what we or do or do not do. Right. We can ruin the earth. We can become extinct. The planet will still be here and eventually it will thrive again. Like the planet will continue to do what it's doing automatically. Right. And we don't think about that often. Um, So there is a, if you think, I, I think you think about life often like this, but like, it's like a river, right? It's just flowing. And, Sometimes as people, to your point earlier, we're like putting up dams and being the beaver and trying to stop the river from flowing where we could just get on for the ride and see where it takes us, which to me is, that's a visual. Surrender would be just get on for the ride. Hop on a leaf mm-hmm. and just see where the, the, the river takes you. Um, what are some practical ways that, you know, I, the listeners, could actually practice surrendering you know, to, to, to what life kind of provides us.
1: Hmm. Um, since you've already brought up this, the natural world and nature piece, uh, I mean, again, even just going outside and sitting outside and wherever you do live and where you can even living in a city and just noticing the wildlife that's around. Um, and, or the, you know, the constructed wild that we've created, and um observing coming back to just observing and watching and being with how nature moves it teaches us so much and and inside of that if it's possible to even get your feet bare feet on the land five minutes a day now there's so much science actually that shows how that really actually impacts our our whole being um
0: so funny how hard that is, too, for some of us, like, to think, like, just to put your feet, and it's not on cement. It's, like, in dirt, mm-hmm. on grass, like, something that is natural to the earth. And we we'll, and mm-hmm. we can't find five minutes to put our feet, you know, in the ground. hmm
1: Yeah, especially, and then, you know, then when we go, at, but we're on Facebook
0: for three hours a day. <laughs> or, go
1: do Facebook with your bare feet on the ground if that's what you're going to do. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Um that's great. That's a really good that's a really good, simple one. And I know for me that combined with the thing you did earlier, the breathing, it's almost look, if we look at it scientifically or or like um, the way our body racked, it just calms our nervous system, right? Even if that's all, even if you don't want to get behind, if you don't agree with anything you know you're talking about right now or that I've shared, It simply calms our nervous system, which has us show up differently in the next moment and has us feel different. Um, what do you, Yeah,
1: I want to just, can I add one thing in that? I mean, my favorite practice continuously, and I do all kinds of practices throughout the day. I really, I'm going to just name drop a few people for, if you want to look up these books, but like Donna Eden and Pamela church are, Amazing. They have both have amazing books around energy tools and energy practices that are simple that support shifting both actually sometimes our neurological like brain pathways, but also what's happening on our nervous system. But honestly, taking a deep breath and placing my hand on my heart is my back to basics. You know, I can do that in the grocery store. I can do that in a meeting. I can do that in alone in my room. Um and it like brings me back to myself. And so these places where we do make it harder, it 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 can be that simple and easy.
0: Yeah. I used to just lie down on the floor sometimes and just like put one hand on my heart and one hand on my stomach like when I would get really stressed and just take a minute and just breathe. The other one is pets. I think a great one is like if you have a pet and you can like, you know, it's like a baby, right? It doesn't have anything and you can just like be with it in all its love and all its joy and it can settle you. Um, Is there any, you know, if we have a a few minutes left and like, is there any message or, you know, thoughts that like you want to kind of share with the world Um, or anything that you're just like, I just really want people to hear this in terms of, you know, us becoming the world that you'd like to see or even something that maybe would just help people support them in their daily lives.
1: I'm, I'm just pausing and breathing and, you know, there's, That's a really big question, and so I'm I'm just actually listening for what that may want to be, um, and what you know, there's so many things actually in terms of that that feel so cliche <laughs> that are coming to me. Um, I feel like, um, what, what, yeah, what's coming right now is, and I have my hand on my heart and I'm closing my eyes and it's just this, like, come, come back to yourself and live your life.
0: It's funny, I'm 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 sitting here and I'm listening to you and waiting for you and not in a waiting like like in a bad way. But it's in it's so great to mention because in the conversation, right, we're talking about kind of flow and surrender. And the voice in my head is like, There's too much silence. People are gonna like turn this off. They can't people are gonna be like, Did the podcast not work? Is it broken? Are the guys that are editing it gonna like chop this up and make it and it's so And, you know, like I'm hearing all those, that voice in my head, right? And telling myself like, hey, this is actually kind of awesome and calm. This is the thing that we're talking about. Is that there isn't a way to answer the question. There isn't a right answer. There isn't a way it's supposed to go. It just is the way that it is. And that's what, you know, makes this conversation unique to another conversation that might go different. Um, Mm -hmm. Or maybe those moments of silence were the moments that somebody else could take to actually just maybe it might be the only moments of silence somebody else gets all day long when they're listening to this
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i you know one piece inside of that is what if we all pause more and just deeply listened and what if that was enough in those moments what if that's like you just i mean what if that's the the only answer that we need
0: yeah that's actually a great another great practice when I said it before I used to lie down and breathe and put my hand on my heart at my stomach. sometimes I would say, like What do I need to know? and you know if you're a if you're a listener that believes in God, you know whatever God that may be um or if you're spiritual or even if you don't believe in anything there's an inner knowing right like so to me, it didn't matter where the answer came from. it was actually irrelevant because the answer was always powerful, profound. It moved me to the next thing. Um, Mm -hmm. but it took a second to your point to pause and listen. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to leave us with? You don't have to. It's not every day we get a feral woman, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you can't see me, but I'm like just surrounded by all these plants and wildlife. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I guess my, my one piece would be of like, yeah, I mean, in terms of just playing with this piece of feral, what would, what would feral, you know, you, beca- you claiming your wild, what would that get to look like today? What would, how can you practice that? What would the play of that be? Um, this last year. As I founded Casa Luna, as I came into that this first year and I received this dream, I literally received a dream and vision that said move to Sacramento and start the Shakti Leadership House.
0: Um,
1: I had claimed that this would be a wild year, that I would be wildly creative, wildly responsible, wildly financially responsible, wildly out there, like all the different actually wilds that's possible. And so maybe I'll, I'll leave that like what what would wild be for you? and what's what's the one act that allows you to really come from your inherent natural way of being. And if you're interested in more actually around feral visionary coaching and or leadership from the feminine, you can check out um, Shakti Rising and uh, my website.
0: I'll put all, all that in. On my and, page. And I'll put it in the, in the show notes. But it's Shakti, S-H-A-K-T-I, right? And then rising.com. Mm-hmm. Um, dot org. Dot org. Thank you. And you're you're not big on like social, you're not like, you don't do a ton on social media. So that would be the place to track you down. If you wanted to do, you know, if you wanted to meet Chelsea or talk to her about any of these leadership programs or recovery programs or, you know, a journey or a vision or any of of more of the shamanic kind of things you can also reach out to me and I know where to find her um Chelsea uh thanks so much for for coming on thanks for co-creating this with me um you know thank you for being the one uh that asked what are we all grateful for like four or five years ago that had me wake up um so I'm like emotional actually talking about it because it just brings up so much. Like the my life changed, right? Like four years ago um, by being asked a, a normal question. But had you not had your process and asked done whatever you were doing and asked that question, um, I wouldn't be doing this now. I have no idea what I would be doing, but it wouldn't be this. I wouldn't be working with people. I wouldn't be working on myself. Um, and I mean, everything would be different. Uh, so thanks for doing you, for trusting you, for loving you. And um, even when it hasn't been easy and, and letting other people really bloom because of you.
1: Thanks. And I'm going to say thanks, Cuzzy, because that's what, I, you know, that's what I call my cuzies. Uh, um, <laughs> so I was like, am I allowed to say Cuzzy on this show, but I'm doing it anyway. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I love you so much. And it's been an honor to see you bloom and to come into your whole self and to help and serve the people that you're meant to help and um, to learn from you.
0: Thanks. Love you too, Cuzzy. That might be (laughs) be the first and last time until you come back that those words are uttered on this show. Uh, (laughs) We're definitely going to have you come back and do another episode. I really want to do one with us face to face in a room. Um, But until then, thank you so much again.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. I am grateful to have you here. Please support me in this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn or YouTube and leave a review on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend. If you want more, or you're ready to play a bigger game and create more clarity, freedom, and success in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at inspirationalalex, or you can reach out to me at thedreammason.com or even email me at alex at Remember, you are a Dream Mason because your dreams don't build themselves.